What's up, y'all? My name is T. Shaw, and this is Bruin Black Podcast, where the contents we serve you is authentic, vulnerable, and relatable. That means we serve you with no cream and no sugar. I guess I like my coffee black. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? This is Scholar P, pronouns he, him, his. And it's T. Shaw, and pronouns he, him, his. And this is Bruin Black, giving you the latest in black news and entertainment for our intellectuals, our millennials, and those who like their news like we like our podcast. How's that, T? Black. <laughs> How you feeling, man? Bro, I'm feeling good. I want to give a big shout out to my big sister, Taylor. She uh, is officially a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Woo, woo. Wow, wow, wow. wow, um, wow. So I, I know that she and my mother are extremely excited and I'm excited for them. It's been a process for uh, my sister and I, I think um, I'm just proud of her for her, like her determination and her perseverance. Um, you know, when you, you hit unforeseen obstacles and things that you've something you waited your whole life for and you hit a barrier and it doesn't work out the first time around like it's it's beautiful to see someone stick with it and like kind of continue on and reach their dreams so just want to give her a good shout out a big shout out um but yeah this week has been good bro um coming off this uh this this thanksgiving i'm just feeling just wonderful how are you feeling I'm good. I'm good. First of all, uh, ski and we to, to your sister. Uh, what 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 uh, what number is she? Uh, she's actually the tail, bro, and she's like five two or five That's, three. Yes, yeah, yes. Whoa. She's number three. That's crazy. That is crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, congratulations to her. You and your family were lit, y'all. Y'all don't even know, man. This <laughs> this man was doom buggying. Uh, one of the what the uh, sixth highest place in the country. Yeah, um, bro. In terms of elevation. Yeah. Um, living your best life, man. Um, I I'm thankful. Uh, because you know it was a heavy programming week. Uh, for me, for the Black Graduate Student uh, Association, um, and it, you know, after but after that, um, things just started falling in place. I finally got approval for my IRB. Thank Ooh, God. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm out here. I'm guerrilla market. I'm doing my this mm. naive, uh, and I, I'm just sort of uh, settling in, and you know, finally sort of being able to take a break, and at the same time catch up and like really start planning for the future. Um, the new year is upon us, bro. Like it's coming. It's now yeah, December. So it's gonna be I'm ready to eat. It's going to be 2022. That's crazy, ain't it? Yeah, man. Yeah. I look, uh, the, the, my Spotify list came in dog and, and my top artist of the year was Drake. And I was like, that explains so much because from like <laughs> June to, to now has been some of the most toxic uh, times in my life in terms of my behavior. So I was like, I got to reevaluate some things, y'all. I uh, I was a savage. I'm so screaming. Me, real quick, real quick. Who was on your, uh, who, was, who rounded out your top five? Who else was on there? I think it was uh, y- YK Osiris, um, maybe... Screaming. Uh, I think DJ Khaled, J. Cole, and Kirk, Kirk Franklin. So I, I feel like uh, Kirk and J. Cole kept me even kilter while DJ Khaled and, and, and Drake, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and YK Osiris kept me ratchet. <laughs> so I had a nice little balance. Um, my mood for the music was 
uh, loud and bold. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. We love to hear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What about you? Um, I think mine was uh, J. Cole, of course. That's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy. Uh, Drake was in uh, second, not too far far away. Then I think it was Little Baby, Sir, and actually Kanye. But I know with Kanye, it was a lot of his old stuff. I keep a lot of his stuff in repeat uh, on rotation, whether that be college dropout, um, late registration, or um, graduation. Like those three, just they do it for me. They do it for me. I'm never letting it go. So I, I don't want nobody to come for me. Uh, Donda didn't get that many spins. Uh, when I looked in like my top hundred songs, I think Jail and Hurricane might have been in there, and those are certified boppers. So I, I'm a I'm a let it ride. Um, but real quick, what's up with your guy uh, YK Osiris on people money? Have you seen? That? I don't I don't know YK Osiris is doing, man. I don't know why he's posting everything. He he posting Drake's toilets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a groupie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand what type of relationship those, those individuals have. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're a kid. He's he's a kid. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't. But I don't know why he's doing what what he's doing. We don't we want to hear more. I want to hear more music. <laughs> and I actually like him as an artist. I want to hear more music from him. So make sure you in the studio while you have antics. Be a kid. But like, damn, man, go go make some more great music and, and keep and keep your career going. So you're not worried about that sixty thousand dollars that you didn't want to have to give Drake that you had to sing, sing for. <laughs> um, you had to perform like Shuck and Job. I'm screaming. I, but but if I'm Drake, why would I unless I'm trying to showcase him? I don't, I wouldn't ask someone else to sing for me to, I, it just, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a strange, it was a strange thing, uh, but, to, but more power to those men, <laughs> more, more power to those, those young men. <laughs> uh, uh, have we, have we done our, uh, no, land acknowledgements? no, not yet. Not yet. I wanted to, uh, get your take on that before we moved on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's do the land acknowledgement. So this is the land of the Gabrielino and the Tongva. This is stolen land. This is colonized land. And we will always, always, always pay those respects. Um, so Scholar P, you know, we just did the land acknowledgements and that's um, just acknowledging that this land belongs to indi- indigenous people. Um, and I know there's a tension that comes up every year. Right. So um, with Thanksgiving coming around, um, we understand that that is a celebration of like I, it's a celebration of family. It's a celebration of loved ones. It's a celebration of a lot of things but it it marks the tradition of like the pilgrims supposedly and the native americans coming together and having this first feast um so i I think in in that vein i I guess i have two questions real quick like do you ever feel i guess guilty when it comes to thanksgiving um and then what are you thankful for uh you know as a as a black person i I, it's it's hard for me to feel guilty Mm. um hey look i was me and my people were brought over here. We didn't, we didn't ask to come here. We weren't trying to take it. So for me, I'm just like, yeah, it, it sucks, you know? And, but the beautiful part about it is that you can at least trace your land to like where you at least know where you're from. I don't even know what Big land facts. is mine, Big facts. you know, but, and this is not oppression Olympics or anything like that, that I'm not trying to say anything like that. But in terms of me feeling guilty, it's like, how can, how, how can I, I was brought over here? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't mm-hmm. have no, no control. You know, I, me, my ancestors, you know, we were good over there, you know, but, um, I, I do, I do, I can't understand this, the sentiment around, you know, indigenous people feeling devastated because it's like, you can talk about, we, we can acknowledge the lands. We can even try to get people reparations, but in terms of 
you know, restoring the culture and the environment um, that once was, that's never going to to happen, um, probably as indigenous people um, would desire. Some some of them might desire. And, I, and so I think that my heart, you know, is feels feels heavy in that sense, because, you know, I might not be connected uh, to my people who might be Cameroonian or not Nigerian, but you can go back to parts of the motherland and you can and you can tell that like that's been preserved to an extent mm. that the culture has been preserved in a critical mass of land and culture has been preserved. And you can't necessarily always say the same thing over here with, you know, reservations. Yeah. Um, and that's very unfortunate. So I think I do feel for my indigenous brothers and sisters uh, in, in that vein. Um, but in terms of what I'm thankful for, um, like, like I was saying before, um, I sort of jumped a gun, but, but that RB man, Three to four months um, dealt, <laughs> dealt with racism, uh, which I which was my biggest fear with mm. with IRB. Um, and and one one day we're gonna have an episode where I sort of break down that that process because that that was hell. Mm. Um, and and to be at this milestone is so big and huge for me. So I think that that's good. Um, I've gotten to you know um, give my opinion on a lot of. Uh, different, you know, networks and platforms. Um, and I've gotten to have some conversations with some people that I thought had forgotten about me. So just to know that I'm not forgotten and that, you know, things are working out the way that they should, even though it doesn't seem like they worked out exactly when I wanted them to. Um, I'm thankful for, you know, the way that the universe moves and appreciating uh, time and patience for what it is. So I think those are my, my biggest things, bro. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So, uh, with the Thanksgiving question, I I guess just like you, and I don't have to really beat a dead horse. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I think it sucks, and just like you, I feel for like our Native American brothers and sisters, right? Like understanding how tough reservations are, and how when people talk about Native Americans, they think of like Pocahontas and people that don't really exist anymore. And I think that we overlook their conditions. And I think that that's one thing that I think we wish I wish we could change. Like, I think how we think of Martin Luther King Day is a day of service. And a lot of people go out and do different things. Um, I think that somewhere around Thanksgiving, there should be maybe like a, a day of service um, toward reservations, a day of giving or something like that. Right. Um, cause I think of Thanksgiving as that, like kind of a day of giving, giving thanks. Um, I mean, that's the name, that's in the name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I guess like that, but I, again, just like you said, like as black people, like we didn't really have a choice and we've made this holiday a real holiday. Like imagine Thanksgiving without black people cooking. Like I know y'all be seeing these plates on the internet and I don't be making no comments, but I do have some chuckles to myself. Like I know y'all seen them dry greens that was right. uh, s circulating on the internet and just these abysmal plates on uh, like, yeah. So it, to me, Thanksgiving is really like black people food day and like family right. and tradition. So I, I rock with that and I think it's cool because it's like as black people, a lot of the times we don't have opportunities to really come together and spend time like unapologetically. And I think that it just was nice to be able to do that. Um, and what I'm thankful for, uh, just like family and friends, bro, like like I think just having loved ones and like support systems and people that I can support myself, like I think that that gives me like the energy to keep going to the next day. And I really, really love that. Um, just like you opportunities. I'm so thankful for opportunities. Um, I'm so thankful for just like the different 
like avenues that I'm put in, like the people that I can like help change their lives. Like in my job, I work with high school students and uh, kids that live in South Central and they don't get a lot of opportunities. So like opportunities to help, but also opportunities like with this podcast opportunities. Um, I've been working on a book with my mentor and um, a- another student from my undergrad and we actually just got a contract. So like, yes. Hey, yes, come on now. Yes. Um, contract we, boys. Yes. You feel me? Uh, so I think we're going to sign that sometime next week. But yeah, it's just being able to see like our hard work pay off. Like I remember I started that as my McNair research in 2016. And I remember where I was at when I start sitting down and writing those research questions and I had to go through IRB. So I, I know the process, bro. I definitely know the process. And just to see it manifest and turn into a book and be able to like somebody say like yeah this is important enough to publish like bro it's a dope feeling it's really a dope feeling so yeah bro like um especially uh i'm thankful for my mom my sister my girlfriend um yeah just like shit you my god julius elder uh so it's just my little shout outs but yeah i'm thankful for a lot bro like i think life has been good um i have no complaints like being up up there in utah bro like a whole bunch of black people in utah um literally on a mountain bro like the sixth highest elevation in the united states like it's a crazy feeling and just knowing that like we didn't really belong but like we made our place we're carving out space and i think that that's nice so yeah, bro, I don't got no complaints. Hey, hey, we in there, man. We in there. Well, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, for anyone who's listening, you know, be sure to, you know, reminisce and really reflect on what you're thankful for, especially um, just even being alive, you know. it's, Health, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, like it's unfortunate that we, that we have to say that. But, you know, I, I just had a cousin who, you know, within the past year, year and a half, um, has lost two siblings um, to COVID, uh-huh. and and it's just like you know the 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 funeral was actually today, and um, you know it, it's it's a shame, but and we're and we're gonna get into this a little bit later, but you know COVID ain't stopped, it's not over, um, and so if you if you are Big about facts. to make it to twenty twenty two, like really be grateful mm-hmm. for that too, and you know there's and you know thankfully there's probably a lot of other um you know more minute things that you can be thankful for, so just take the time to reflect on that um. Um, and let it and let it sort of give you energy throughout this weekend as we we close out 2021, uh, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. So now we are about to get into something called our espresso shots. And for those of you who do not know, espresso shots are when we give quick takes on a lot of little things that are happening um, in our uh, society. Right. Um, and so, you know, one of the first things that we wanted to to say was, you know, uh, we got to say RIP to, to Virgil, Virgil Abloh mm-hmm. um, and T, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, a very famous and notable, uh, notable designer mm-hmm. um, in the, in the fashion industry um, and, and what he's done for hip hop and, and black people in the culture, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was crazy to see all these people who were connected to him, just showing all this genuine love, everyone from yay to LeBron James yeah, um, right. and, and everyone in between. So, um, we wanted to give a big RIP to Virgil, uh, but it was it now I, I wasn't, I wasn't following his, his life and his career, um, as much, but I didn't know if you had anything that you wanted to add to that. Yeah. I mean, I honestly just found out who he was maybe like a year and a half or two years ago. I never really knew what off white was. Um, I remember somebody asked me, um, about off white and I was like, Oh, you mean like cream? And they laughed at me and I was like, well, that's what I thought. Like it is off white, but it, it's a it's a very popular brand. Um, and I, I think like Virgil Abloh is really known for his genius. 
um, and just his creativity and his uh, willingness to be innovative and uh, like try stuff. I think that that's what I really learned about him in the short time that I knew about him is that he was just so willing to put his foot in it and really try something and be bold and be brave. And I think it's something that we all can learn from. It, it was very much a visionary in that sense. He, he, he's the reason that black people really rocking Louis V right now and why people be having like Louis Vuitton belts and things like that. He, he changed the way that Louis Vuitton was marketing to people. He, uh, had he he carved out space for black people in fashion and uh, being in Paris and different things like that, right? So I, I think that is cool, and I think that I just wanted to give acknowledgement in that way because I think he was very pivotal in a lot of people's lives. Um, and I, I think too that it's important for us to know, like he was a young black man; he was forty one on top of the game in the fashion industry. And I think that it's it's tough to see people that look like you perish at such a young age even when it's not like state violence, right? Like it just seems like there's always something trying to take out niggas, man. And I think that that's, that that's tough for me. Cause it's like, damn, like I, I remember last year when, um, Chadwick Boseman passed away and I'm like, bro, I need to go get a physical. Cause like, these are young people dying from cancer at like very young ages. And it's like, I, they seem fairly healthy. I don't know their lifestyle, but it's like, what killed Virgil Abloh was uh one in a million uh like cancer like on one in a million people in the United States get that cancer and it's like bro that's tough that's tough so yeah I guess that's that's all I really have for that one uh, absolutely um yeah so R.I.P. to Virgil and, and to your point I think that um you know as as black people and as black men you know we gotta we gotta make sure our, our health is good mm-hmm. I had about four or five needles stuck stuck in me for different tests tests mm-hmm. this weekend. And this right here, y'all, I'm not, I'm not gonna show you the whole. I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna keep it in the frame. Is that thing laminated? Yes, yes, you already know what that is. You already know what that is. I, y'all, I, I just wanna say, cause it's important to say that I got my booster shot. Mm. And I'm saying this as a man who got his vaccinations early in March. Uh, March and then uh, got COVID in August um, and I'm still doing the booster shot. I still did mm. it. I still did it without question. Um, you know, so we're always going to push the importance of, of that um, because it, it's something that um, a lot of folks need to subscribe to and invest in now, invest in your health now in any way you can. Um, not everything's going to go perfectly or, or like you expect, um, but it's still worth investing in, in, in doing that and doing that. So I, I feel great as I prepare to go home and see my family because I've taken an extra step of precaution. Um, so just don't be afraid to, to do to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, um, you know, in terms of health and the booster shots and the vaccines, um, there is there was a travel ban on South Africa um, mm-hmm. because and, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, T, but um, the, a new variant was was found, not mm-hmm. necessarily because of South Africa, but it, but people reported about it in South Africa. Um, and it is called the Omicron. Mm-hmm. OK, not. Not Omarion, not, <laughs> you know, not dun, 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 boom, not, not, not that, not that, not Omarion. Okay. Leave that man alone. Um, Omicron, mm. Omicron. Um, and it is a variant. They just actually had someone in California who tested positive for it. Um, so we, we got something new. We got something new yeah. that we got to deal with. Um, but T, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, the reports from South Africa and how do you feel like people have um, sort of, 
looked at South Africa in a in a weird way or in an unfair way given this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate your PSA, right? I, I think that knowing that there's a new variant out is so important that people are getting these booster shots, they're getting their vaccinations in general and that they're being safe and wearing masks because I know that a lot of people got very lax recently, right? Like since, what, maybe May and things started opening up, like the streets have been popping. Um, so yeah, I just want to kind of talk about this variant and like how kind of South Africa has been painted as like the villain, right? They looked, they were looked at as like the epicenter of this new, um, variant, uh, the Omicron. And yeah, I think it's important for us to know that like that variant didn't even originate in South Africa. They just have the medical technology to, uh, detect it, flag it, sequence it and tell the world about it. Um, cause they're the ones that are handling like uh, the research on A's and they're the ones handling the research on TB for the whole continent. So their their medical infrastructure is so good that they that because they were able to report it, that they were labeled like the the villains, the, the reason that this is kind of happening. So I think it's important for us to kind of like put that out there uh, like straight up. Um, but yeah, that new variant is spreading rapidly in Europe, Asia, Africa, and now in the United States, like North America. Um, there are, I believe, about 10 reported infections nationwide right now. I think two are in California, um, and I know it's across five different states. Um, so I, I just want people to be cautious. I want people to be aware. Um, and I want people to not be lazy because I think that that's a, a part of racism right there. Like, to look at like how this had already been in Europe and it had been in Hong Kong and it had been in a few different places. But because South Africa reported it, journalists were like, oh, yeah, y'all are the problem. And then the bands, like we just talked about um, how you talked about originally, is that like the bands were placed on like South Africa and Southern African countries. And that's totally unfair because if we're doing that, then like it needs to be across the board. We need to be on Italy. We need to be on Spain and these other places where uh, this variant has been detected and detected even like um, where it's been even present even sooner. So I I think that these are just things that we have to think of when we're thinking about uh, the medical system and like how racism can also like play a role in uh, the medical system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, so like like you just said to y'all, be safe, be careful, stay, stay, stay woke and stay healthy. Right. Be diligent um, and, and don't put a stigma on on, um, you know, an African country um, and, and really, you know, just. I don't know. I don't even know how to really say it, say it T, but, you know, try to remove these, these internalized stigmas that you have around certain places. Mm. Right. Um, Because we're all, we're all at risk. No one's, no one's dirtier or less healthy um, than anyone else on on the planet. And so we have to sort of remember that, especially when it comes to comparing countries um, against against one another. So um, yes, yes. Be careful and stay, uh, vigilant, right? Um, and, and speaking of uh, vigilance, um, it seems like the U.S. sort of took back some level of vigilance against its actual terrorist um, when uh, um, Ahmad Arbery's killers actually got convicted mm. of, of murder. Um, and it's it's one of those. You know, it's sort of obvious. It's sort of like America. Do you want a cookie? Like I don't. Yeah. I don't really know <laughs> what. 
you know, I don't know to go. I don't know if I'm going to Nabisco trying to work out a cookie deal. I don't, I don't really know. Like, am I going to Nestle? I don't understand, but it's, it's just funny because in the, in the wake of Kyle Rittenhouse, um, getting off, you know, you, you're not, you wouldn't be surprised had the killers not been convicted. So I think that we have to get to a place where, you know, this should be obvious where we shouldn't be worried. And more importantly, you know, uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Charles Davis, who we've had on the show, but he was talking about how real material justice would be, uh, I'm not being alive right now. Mm. Um, and, and, a, and a real, a real safe country and a real just country would be, uh, multiple white men not thinking they could they could get away with killing a black man and doing a modern day lynching in broad daylight, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, like someone should be petrified to do that. Someone should be petrified in this nation, no matter where they are, to do such a thing. And I think that that's what a real just country represents. But T, what are your thoughts? Yeah, bro. I I think it's just like um the Derek Chauvin trial, right? Like it felt so open and shut in that it was. It's on video and we all saw it, but it still felt like we were on the edge of our seats. It's like America gaslights us into like applauding a fish to swim. Like it it seems so routine and so basic, but we're like, yeah, justice. But it's so like, it seems so simple. Like it was so routine. It's like a free throw, right? It's like, but it's like we're, United States is like Shaq at the free throw line. It's like, oh, when you hit it, it's like, wow, let's do it. But for most people, it's like, just knock it down. Like, go to the line and like, it's literally a free throw, right? Like, so uh, I, I think that that's my frustration. But yeah, like, again, I always talk about how I believe in prison abolition, but I understand like that in in the meantime, until we can think about ways to really make preventative care, like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to celebrate this shit. But in celebrating, knowing that these charges won't stop the next person from doing this, it won't dissuade it because it was that close. You know what I mean? Like, how could something so obvious still feel so close? So, but yeah, I'm glad the jury showed up and did what they were supposed to do, um, even though we understand that the def- Defense attorneys try to uh, like get juries, th- jurors thrown out, and different things like that. Like they they delivered the decision in a very short amount of time, and because it was obvious. So I'm just I'm grateful that they did what they were supposed to do. Because again, we ain't trying to let it burn, like uh, Usher said. Uh, absolutely, and you know, as as you were t- talking about, you know, this this violence in America holding. Uh, their, their breath. I, I do want to say, uh, you know, we got to give a, a RIP to and an acknowledgement of the people who lost their lives in the Oxford High School shooting in Michigan. Yeah. Um, because, and, and it's it's very unfortunate too, because it's like thinking about Kyle Rittenhouse and like, you know, white boys knowing that, hey, I can go and shoot up a place and get off scot-free and and the former president can invite me invite me uh to take pictures with him and people can offer me internships and like mm. you know um you see another young white man has, has done has done this again um mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe they'll maybe he'll face consequences but who knows if seeing kyle rittenhouse you know go to jail and actually pay for his action would have dissuaded someone you know yeah. what i'm saying and it goes back to what you were saying about you know someone being able to do this type of stuff again and mm-hmm. it's really sad because you know america um you know tends to be very very reactive and not proactive they don't, we don't think about the long long term and the long long game and the people that um, we we are not willing to sacrifice for the long term gain or 
are usually young white men or, or white men in general. And, and so I think that we have to, we have to, you know, redirect and reconsider uh, how we, how we view these, these types of things. Cause that's also a, a tragedy, but I appreciate you for bringing up that point. Cause I was like, yeah, we did just have another, another one of those. Someone did feel embold, mm-hmm. emboldened to, to do it because they knew, Hey, I could probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is, you know, Ahmad Arbery, for not hurting anybody, for not doing anything, for being completely unarmed, for for jogging, is dead right now. But every every time you have a white boy who shoots up a school, they find a way to live. Yeah, they find a way to be looked at as human enough to go through a trial. Mm-hmm. We don't even get that. Like yeah. I think that's what gets me right. Like how you just how you destroy us before justice is even served. Mm-hmm. But as a white young white man, I could take a gun, kill everybody in the mother in, in in school, and like y'all find a way for me to still live and go to trial. Like it's just it's interesting to me. And live long know? enough to for them to be humanized too, right? Like uh, the 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 little the little boy that uh, shot up the school, like the the picture they've been showing, it's him as like a ten year old. And it's like, that's wild because he's a whole 15, 16 year old that did that. But it's like the picture that they choose, right? It's like the profile that they're giving. It allows you to feel for that. And I, I think it's media sensationalism because it's like, oh, we put up a picture of this young kid. Like it's going to make people talk about it. They're going to think he's smaller. But again, it's like you see a kid, you like, damn, how did this happen? Like there you you start asking questions rather than being like, that is a monster Cause like I've I've seen uh, pictures and videos of, like how he was flashing a gun on Instagram, talking about like he even had a countdown, bro. You wanna know it was actually crazy? His teachers had a parent conference earlier in that day because they were like afraid. They were concerned about his behavior. They brought him in to have this parent conference. The parents left, and then he goes up and shoots up the school. So it's like. Yeah, bro. Like I, I'm just I'm lost for words. I'm not even gonna look for no more words to describe how I feel about that because it's it's privilege. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 been it's it's been a tough a tough tough time. Um. But yeah, man. It you know think things are what they are. So I think I think that America's you know you still got a lot of work to do because mm-hmm. you know Kyle Rittenhouse seventeen, this kid fifteen sixteen. You don't think that <laughs> I, if I have to make the point of how those things are aligned and how a, a young white boy l- looking at another white boy getting off for murdering people, it, it, I, if I have to make that connection at this point, I don't. In the Midwest, I'm, like, it's, right, just, it's just too I, many right, like, commonalities. Come on, man. Come on, man. They're, they're around the same age. It's just too many commonalities. We don't we don't talk about that type of stuff enough. So, um, if you know, we're we're at a loss for words. America, you know, good job, I guess, for doing something that's obvious. Um, you know what I'm saying? But you know, there's a lot of work left to be done. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and that and that's on that's that's on you as a country. So you know, um, but speaking of lost lives, um, unfortunately, that's not where we stop. Um, we got to talk about um, Mr. Travis Scott um, trying to actually give, uh, you know, money to cover the funeral cost of one of the families who lost who lost their son. Um, 
due to the Astro World uh, fiasco and tragedy, um, but they declined, right? Um, and so I'm thinking, all right, well, I, I guess you can decline, but shouldn't Travis be paying y'all for the funeral funeral costs? Like, wouldn't you want that money? Um, but but you know, there's there's a little bit more to it. T tell tell people the other side of it. Yeah, so I think the the information that's kind of missing is that there's a clause when you accept this money that you cannot join in uh, class action lawsuits or any type of lawsuits. Like you accepting the money, uh, it it absolves Travis Scott of uh, Travis Scott and other entities of responsibility in whatever happens. So I, I think that what's missing in when we look at the shade room and these different articles, it's like, well, why would they turn down the money? Like maybe they just mad and just like F you, F your money. We don't need your money to do this. No, it's like they're coming after that bag. You offered them a coin and they like, no, nah, I need that bag. boy. so that that's why you will see families uh, decline that because it does come with those clauses. And it's like, well, if you if I feel like you are liable, like not only are you liable for this funeral, but like. We, we got this, but like we need a little bit more because our child's life was worth way more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. So, um, you know, it's the average funeral cost is around seventy six hundred, according to, to a little bit of research I'm doing, like mm-hmm. around or like anywhere between like seven to 12,000. And so, and so just for, just for, so folks can have like context, right. So like you lost a child, this, this person who, um, whose content is responsible for your child's loss is worth several, several millions, at least probably tens of millions of dollars. And so um, you might feel like, Hey, look, you know, we want, we want more than the seven or 10,000. Mm-hmm. There's emotional damages. Like there's, there's so many different things that are going to be more long-term effects. So like we, we want more compensation yeah. for that. Um, so, and so, and, and I understand that, um, you know, I would, you know, and Travis should be lucky not to, not to say that he went out and hurt these people, but you know, sometimes these types of things can, you know, land people might, might've landed certain people in jail. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when, when death happens, even if you're not directly responsible, you can still end up getting time and this, that, and the third. So, you know, Travis should be happy that this is not the case case for him, that he wasn't in that particular type of situation. Um, and he should look like what it, what, what it really might look like to have to come out outside of, of a bag um, for, for himself and his fortune. So um, I, I'm, I can't be too mad at it at this point. Cause it's like no amount of money is ever going to make it okay or bring their child child back. And at the same time, it's like, I would be, I would want everything I could get. Yeah. yeah just, just off principle alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I just did a quick Google search and I saw that about half of the families um, rejected that offer. So wow. it's not just one, it's, it's multiple. Wow. Wow. So Travis, um, Hey, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, brother, but, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you going you have to figure some things out. All right. You gonna have to figure some things out. Um, but look with that, with that being said, um, I, I think, I think this, this week has just been interesting because I, I don't know, man. When we talk about decisions that adults are making nowadays, <laughs> I just, I just don't understand. And you know, we're we're about to step into something called our light roast, roast. <laughs> and that's basically when we talk about um, someone or something in society, and we give it and we critique it, um, but we try to do it with you know con- in a constructive way. Um, but sometimes people don't deserve that constructive feedback, and mm-hmm. you know, this one. 
I'm not going to like get on people super heavy because it's just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's so weird. Like this is such weirdo behavior. Like 20, it's 2021, I guess. I mean, back at, we should have been over this feat by 2010, yeah. um, honestly. But basically the situation and T, uh, you know, filling any details I'm missing, but there's a debate going on online about whether, you know, you should buy your young boys kitchen sets. Um, and people have been going wild on the internet talking about, I would never buy my son a kitchen set or my daughter a, a tool set. Um, and these are like toy kitchens and stuff like that. Mm, easy bake um, ovens. Right, right. And I remember Cardi B saying something to the, because I think it, it happened because someone was like analyzing some type of social media star. And, and allegedly, this is according to Cardi B, but um, she was saying that that boy was making millions on YouTube, like doing this, doing these kitchen set videos and stuff like that. And so it's so interesting that as a people, let's, let's say this is true, right? Mm-hmm. You, you would be, you would be opposed to your, your your son having a kitchen set, even though it might potentially make make you him him millions, your family millions, and create generational wealth because you're worried about uh, gender dynamics mm-hmm. and gender. And when we say gender, we mean the there's the roles of men and men men identifying people and women identifying people, right? So what what are roles? So boys are supposed to do X, Y, and Z because they're boys, and women are supposed to do X, Y, and Z because they're women. So. Um, See, I don't know, man. I, I'm not going to spend too much time on, on this because I think it's ridiculous. But I think that ki- cooking, cleaning, there's there those aren't, you know, sex specific, gender specific. Men should know how to cook. Men should know how to clean. Men should be very self-sufficient. I should you should be able to live on your own. You know, when when I did Thanksgiving, I cooked most of my meals for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a grown ass man. You know what I'm saying? And part of that was because I had, I had guardians who I watched cook. Mm-hmm. I don't need no one for anything. And you sh- and people should be raising uh, self-sufficient men, just like they should be raising self-sufficient women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's wild to me that people want to po- literally police, you know, what a, a dude might be interested in, but we watch you, you, but every, everybody has all these jokes about hell's kitchen and this, that, and the mm. third, you love chefs. I watch cake wars all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I just think it's, it's not only insulting and, and very asinine, but it's, it's limiting to your child to like police, you know, what they can play with and what, what the creativity is. You could be stifling the next great cook and chef yeah. who could, like I said before, give you, you and your family generational wealth for years to come. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's just, it's so ridiculous. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to uh, say too much more about it, but what do you think? I think that, Little boys are policed, little black boys especially, but little mm-hmm. boys in general, I feel like are policed a lot. I think people pay too much attention to what they do. And I think it's, of course, it's built in like genderedness, but it's also like homophobia, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't want their child to be gay, so they don't want them to exhibit any uh, signs of femininity. And I think that that makes me ask, it's like, well, fellas, is it gay to feed yourself? Like, let's talk about that. Because I think that, and I read this one comment, it was interesting. They said, like, how is it that cooking is such a gendered thing, but once it becomes a profession, men dominate that, right? So, like, most men, like, 
are top chefs. There's women in the field, but not as much. Well, we understand that cooking is predominantly done by the women in the household. I know so many dudes that don't even know how to make anything for themselves. They only go out to eat. And I feel like I don't even fall in that category, but I wish I knew how to cook more. I wish I paid attention a little bit more. I wish my mom made me cook a little bit more. But, I mean, she was a single mother. We had we lived off of stofers and, uh, like, little heat-up meals uh, because she was either in school or she worked late and things like that. So I think that that is a reason why I'm not the most robust chef but like when i get in the kitchen i'll be whipping that thing but i feel like my cooking imagine imagination is low but i was also thinking about this in th- at thanksgiving it's like i was chilling and, and nobody expected me to do anything for thanksgiving now it was a blessing but also like it made me really think because i just also saw no men really contribute but it's not an expectation i know little girls that are pulled into the kitchen at like seven and eight, like you gonna mash these potatoes, like you gonna you gonna uh, pull these greens apart, like they they have a role, they have a job, and I think that men are absolved of that. But I think in the long run, I, I like I look at dudes that I know that's twenty five, twenty six, thirty that don't know how to make any meal for themselves, that live off of Postmates, and if not, then they're starving. And I think that that it it's wild that like. A, a, a basic life skill is like gendered and then in that genderedness like we pull out homophobia really because that's what it's coming from like people in the comments were saying like oh if your kid play with kitchen sets keep them away from mine because they some weirdos and i don't want that passing on like again that people think it always comes down to people thinking that people choose to be gay because that's what it has to be it's like oh you're thinking that your son playing with my son that has a kitchen set so my son is gay because of an action that he chose to do and that's going to influence your son to be gay because he's going to like cooking too like you see where i'm going with this it's it's like that's where it's it's stemming down from that because if you really understood that like sexuality is an orientation then it would it wouldn't mean anything like no matter what you really do like it doesn't really care like it doesn't influence like the the sex that you prefer right like it doesn't influence like what genitalia you like right and like kids are way too young to really even understand that concept so i think it's just kind of wild bro yeah i i think that it it becomes very ridiculous um and yeah i, I mean we understand that it's a ridiculous topic but I, I i know people in my life that probably would feel the same way as some of these people in the comments that is weird and that they don't want their son doing. I saw people like, oh, you better, I'm giving my, I'm giving my son a tool set. But it's like, I know we know a hell of niggas that don't know how to put together nothing. Like they don't know how to do nothing for my kid. I know plenty of dudes that never changed a tire before. Like, so it's, it's like these things are weirdly gendered, but they're all life skills. Like if I have a son, like that kid going to be in a, he going to be in the kitchen. Like, cause I want him to have a bit more skills than me, but it's like, if I have a daughter, like I want her to be able to know how to change a tire. So you don't have to depend on triple a or no nigga. Like, so if I'm not right. around that, you just not sitting there vulnerable waiting for somebody to kind of come for you. So I, I think the, the fact that things are gendered, uh, just, it, it, it hampers our, it hampers kids for sure. And limits them. Just like you said. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So I, yeah. And I, I love the point point that you, you made a couple of points, this idea of traditional servitude, um, that happens, you know, with, 
women having all these different expectations and thinking about what Thanksgiving's would look like and how more efficient and effective they would be if everybody was in the kitchen together mm-hmm. and it would actually be more of a familial bonding. It wouldn't just be like, That's you know, facts. people watching football football on one hand and then all the women you know cooking mm-hmm. cooking stuff it'd actually be a family bonding experience and you know if we if, if let's let's math if we're mathing like that thing that takes three or four hours might take take one or two because mm-hmm. you're, people are doing twice the Everybody work hands so, on. we can all sit right. down and watch the game right right we can you can have the game playing in the background mm-hmm. or something you know what i'm saying uh but it, it's just that's interesting and then you know it's it's also funny because I can't tell you how many times I've been able to secure a very, very fun date with women because I know how to cook, because mm-hmm. I can make them some of my macaroni and cheese or some wings, or I have something called uh, the Cinemonster, okay. uh, which is very, very popular, right? Um, so <laughs> while all, all you all you father who are, fathers who are teaching your sons not to cook and trying to gender them, you have men, men like me who you know 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 how to do it and, and are going to take take all not not me personally, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, guys like me who do know how to be self-sufficient and that's a very attractive thing. Like you're teaching mm-hmm. your, right. If you're teaching your son uh, to not be self-sufficient because you feel like cooking is a gender thing, you're, that's, you're teaching them to sort of be, you know, weaker. Yeah, um, absolutely. And they're not, they're not as balanced. They're not as, as attractive. Like why, why would a woman be with, with a man who can do X and Y when I'm doing X, Y, and Z? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want people to think about that. Like logically it doesn't even make sense uh, for you to con- connect this with like homophobia. Like cooking is, cooking is an aphrodisiac. Yes, there's so many different <laughs> You know, me, cooking if, in and of itself. If you can feed a woman, she gonna feed you. You know what I mean? Come on, man, stop playing with me. Do you know how many DMs I didn't got about my my wings, my mac and cheese, the center monsters? Y'all don't y'all don't get what I'm talking about. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with that being said, I, I just I think that that's a great point that you made, T, because it does really boil down uh, uh, to, hom- to homophobia, and it's just like y'all what like. What is this? And then the idea, like you said before, that, you know, when it's a profession, you know, you're okay with the white man yelling at yelling at those poor cooks, but you're not okay and making millions doing it. Mm-hmm. And you tune in every week, but you're not cool with your, your little black boy doing it and trying mm-hmm. to learn. Okay. All right. All right, fam. That, that works. When Gordon Ramsay does it, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. When he curse you out, call your mama out a name, all mm-hmm. that stuff. It's cool. You're bloody. You're sick. I hate you all. You know what I'm saying? Dry ass steak, but <laughs> it's not cool for your little boarded. Okay. Okay. No, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. So, um, men get it together. Cause I, I think a lot of this was coming from fathers. I'm sure, uh, for some women it, it was coming that, you know, these sentiments were coming, but like, man, come on, mm. man. Not everything is about sexuality. Um, and speaking of, of such things, um, we want to get into a segment called uh, Building a Better Brother. Um, and that's when we have these, con- these you know, robust conversations about uh, s- scenarios that, that men um, have or, or, or are in um, that, you know, are something to look at and appreciate or look at, you know, and, and in some cases critique. Mm. Um, and so, T, tell us um, about this Building Bre- a Better Brother segment uh, today because it has to do with giving other men flowers yeah so i'm gonna first play this video um but i think it is a it today it'll be a critique on masculinity right i want y'all to think about how these men reacted if you're listening i want you to very listen very closely to how these men are reacting and then there's a woman at the very end 
Um, but yes, just like Scholar P said, it's all based off of a man offering a man offering other men flowers when they purchase uh, some type of good at like the local corner store. You ever go on, boss? Hey, and I'll give you these flowers for free. Hey, man, ain't no motherfucking bitch, man. Fuck wrong with you, man. You me, yo. Idiot, huh? Fuck wrong with you, man. You, you just destroyed you the flowers. Or something? Fucking bitch. This shit, man. Fuck yo, here, man. yo, they're just flowers. Fuck out of here, man. Ain't no bitch. They're soft just flowers, bro. I promise you, they're just flowers. Man, you soft-ass motherfucker. Bet you won't come from behind that glass. What you mean? I'm just saying, they're flowers. There's nothing wrong the with them. fuck wrong with you, man? Why are you getting so pressed over flowers? I motherfucking flowers, man. I paid for my fucking Snickers, man. Fuck wrong with you. All right. It's just a flower. Nah, bro. You don't want it? Nah. <laughs> okay. Change is a bag. You have a blessed day, my brother. Hey, and you got these flowers. Because I'm feeling generous today. For flowers? Yeah. What the fuck I need some flowers for? What you need some flowers for? Yeah. I'm just feeling good today. I'm giving my customers flowers. Bro, you think I'm a bitch or something, bro? I don't need no fucking flowers, bro. What you mean, bro? I don't need no fucking flowers, bro. I'm good, bro. Why are you so mad about just some flowers? Bro, I'm going home to my female, bro. I don't need no fucking flowers, bro. Oh, so yeah, you think... Some bullshit ass flowers, bro. Oh, all right. My bad, bro. Shit, bro. My bad, bro. Yeah, you good. You look like you're having a bad day. Yeah, you can have these flowers. I hope it makes your day a little bit better. It's real, it's real. All natural. <laughs> Thank you. I got you. Is your day at least a little bit better? It is? Let me get a thumbs up real quick. I like that. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm, yeah. What I do so I can find you? What made you like cheer up? Because I ain't had nobody to give me a rose in almost 20 years. Really? I'm very glad to be the first one in 20 years. Slow. And you saw the hurt in my face. And yeah, yeah, yeah most definitely. To me and it messed up to me. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm very glad. I'm Okay, so I I think the video is so interesting. It's so interesting because like the way that men reacted was so off the wall. Like it was like like as if the gesture of giving flowers was like a true challenge to their masculinity. And it made me think about how fragile masculinity really can be. Because it's like, it almost was like fighting words, right? Like, it's like, I offered you flowers and dude was like, I ain't no bitch, right? He's like, no, nah, like, well, what do I look like? And it made me think about, so even thinking about the word, the B word, right? So like how derogatory that word is. And we use it in any, like, relation to anything that's considered feminine. And that really made me think like it's low and it's it's less than because it's feminine and because it's related to women. So because you offered me a flower, you must think I'm a woman. So you must think that I'm lesser than you. That's what these are. This is how I'm translating it. I definitely would love to hear what you uh, think, Scholar P. But I really see it as a challenge to masculinity. And it makes me think about, again, how fragile masculinity can be because it's not framed around anything but violence in a way like 
this expression of softness, of love, of care through the action of giving a flower has to be reciprocated with violence. Otherwise, men will think I'm soft from ex- for accepting a flower from another man. So I must, in my manliness, like, I must threaten to whoop your ass. I must threaten to kill you because to prove that I'm not soft, to prove that I'm not feminine, to prove that I'm not gay. And I think that this... I'm very interested in like black masculinity too, because I work with young black boys and I see how they interact with each other and how they talk and and just, especially like the, the, where they live too. Right. So like, I understand that like it's impoverished and with poverty comes violence. Right. But in that, I think I understand that black masculinity operates in a way of survival because it's like, if you're seen as soft, you will get picked on and you'll get picked on more. It's like as a kid, I had to learn how to fight real early because it's like I was small and I was an easy target if I didn't know how to fight. And yeah, I, I lost a few fights, but I was, shoot, I was always a good amount of inches smaller than somebody. But it's like after the fight, they not only one respected me, two, they knew they didn't want to do it again because it's not no easy win. You're not going to just punk me, right? So I, I think I understand black masculinity in that way because it's a survival mechanism, but then it never turns off. And then you turn 30 and 40 and it's just like this toxic thing. But yeah, so I, I'm a, I'm a pass it to you. Cause I, w- I definitely want to hear what you thought um, when you watching the video. Yeah. So let's, let's take it from, from where you left, left off T. So this idea that um, you sort of keep that toxic energy, let's, let's do the math again. And we, we did this a couple of episodes back when I talked about my, my sort of outburst. Um, it's like, you gonna get like, imagine that glass wasn't there. And what are you going to do? You're going to fight the man y'all black. So one of y'all is going to jail. And what do you think you're going to have to do once you get to that prison? You know what I'm saying? Where you can't leave the store you're going to have to be in there with 20, 30 other people. And you might actually have some people in there who want to give you more than flowers, if we're being honest. And you're going to have, and, and, and you're going to, have to fight way more than you, than you would have on the outside. So let's, let's just do some very bleak math. That, that's the first thing. Secondly, this notion that you know, gay men feel safe enough in a, homo, a homophobist America to give a random-ass man flowers when people are still killing LGBTQIA plus folks is insane. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how it is not safe enough in America for a man to just give a random man uh, some flowers and flowers t- if you're trying to come on to him. And I think that mm-hmm. that's a part that, that we can't miss too. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's sort of insulting to think that that's how, you know, a, a gay man would operate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've I know I've had men hit on me before and they did it so subtly because you don't know what a guy's reaction will be. Mm-hmm. And for me, thank thank God I'm not one of those like, oh, da 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 da. Like I I can respectfully decline and be like, oh, well, that's not my orientation. Um I, I like I like my women, but like it's it's one of those things where it's like no man has ever come up to me and been like, Oh, take these flowers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's not safe. That's not safe in America. And I think that it just shows their level of ignorance in terms of how gay men work. You can tell that they don't have LGBTQIA plus folks around them because they would understand that like, that's not how, how, you know, people operate, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not safe enough. So for you to even think that that's how a a gay man would like 
come at it's, it's just wild to me in, in that sense too so um but I, I agree with you man it's one of those things where it's like oh you think i'm weaker than you think i'm le- lesser than and it's just like bro it's, it's flowers yeah. for you to have that reaction makes me feel like you got something to hide you yeah. know what i'm saying um and not that you should be ashamed of hiding it you know what i'm saying but it makes like if it's not a big deal if a dude gave me flowers even if he was trying to come on i'd be like Y'all, y'all must look good today. You know what I'm saying? Me, like, I'm me. good today. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm getting on by it, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like just because someone, someone likes you, it doesn't matter what, what sex, sex, sex they are. It doesn't mean that you're going to sleep with them. Think about it all for those fellas in that video and for fellas who agree with how they reacted. Think about all the women that you like, but who don't want you at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can, you might give them flowers. Imagine them cursing you out. Mm-hmm. And then you called them same women the B word, mm-hmm. right? That's the cycle. <laughs> That's the ironic part. Like y'all don't realize that like y'all are the people that the women don't even, even fuck with, but they're not going to have a violent reaction towards you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're going to be like, Oh no. But imagine if, if a woman was as rude to you as you were to that guy and that guy wasn't even trying to hit on you. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, it was just a, it's friendly a really gesture. weird twisted cycle. Yeah. And I, I think that, the person that I'm most disappointed in, other than the first guy, was the, I think the third guy that was like, I'm about to go home to my girl. Or he didn't even say my girl, he was like, my female or something like that. And I was like, bro, you be fumbling the bag. I can tell. Because if somebody offered me flowers, I would be like, cool. And I was about to go see my girl. I'm like, cool, I'm taking them and I'm going to give them to her. And be like, yeah, I came up on these flowers. I thought about you, so I wanted you to have them. And it, it made me really think of that when the woman was talking about how she hadn't gotten flowers in 20 years. It's like, that's probably that guy's girl. Not like, not exactly, but like a lot of women fall in that category because men don't see the value in flowers, but they don't see the, it's not the flowers, it's the gesture. And I think that the gesture is, it's a gesture of care and it's a gesture of love. And like, I think that that's what's like kind of missing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So y'all, y'all get it. Y'all get it together. People, people have been tripping, tripping based on um, a lot of different like uh, is, isms. So that was heterosexism, but you know, and that was, that was in the States, but you know, we're, we're still dealing with isms across, across the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to, to Ari Lennox and her, um, you know, situation at the airport that, that she was at internationally. So do you want to tell tell us about that? Yeah. And real quick, I, kn- I know we're about to get off, but I want want uh Ari Lennox and like our fans to know that like we're we have her in our thoughts um so on Monday Ari mm-hmm. was arrested at the Amsterdam airport for a public disturbing public order um she tweeted out that she was uh, being arrested in Amsterdam for re- reacting to a woman racially profiling her um the police said that uh they found that she was full of emotions and wouldn't calm down and that she might have been drunk and that's why she had been taken into custody. And I thought it was interesting because it's like uh, Ari Lennox was labeled as emotional and therefore dangerous. And that just falls too closely into stereotypes that black people see worldwide and nationwide. Um, and that's black people in general, but black women in specific. It made me really think about like Sandra Bland, right? Um, so I did a little bit more research and I'm like, how could they just really stand in their own too? With her saying, like, this woman racially profiled me. And then I found out in September of 2021, a Dutch court actually ruled that border police can use ethnicity as a criteria for selecting people at uh, for checks at the border. 
And at airports, that's considered a border if you're coming in from another flight. So they legally can ethnically slash racially profile you. So I, I think it's important for us to understand that it's like Ari wasn't bullshit by any means. Like that's literally what happened. They just justify it in their law. And I think that that's crazy. It's so crazy. But it's like, I don't know if you actually even heard of this, but it really reminded me like we shouldn't be that comfortable going like worldwide especially to these European countries. Cause I know when people are like traveling, they're like, Oh, I want to go to the Netherlands. I want to go or like Amsterdam. I want to go to Greece. I want to go to these other places, but we don't know how they see black people. Amsterdam. I don't know if y'all remember. I remember in 2020 around, uh, when George, after George Floyd was killed and a national uprising kind of happened, Amsterdam came back and sat down and really started evaluating themselves as a country like the Netherlands started evaluating themselves as a country because they have they had something called uh I think his name was Black Pete so they're they're like Christmas celebration they're Elves were actually like slaves and white people used to dress up in full blackface and oversized lips and Afro wigs and they just got rid of that in 2020 because like the George Floyd stuff happened so I want y'all to know that like all of these things are intermingled and I think when we're traveling worldwide we have to be cautious we have to keep our head on the swivel because racism isn't just like in the United States it's worldwide and we saw that again even with like the South Africa thing. So I just wanted to put that on y'all radar um, before we closed out because racism is a is a worldwide epidemic. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and yeah, and um, yeah. I won't I won't say too too much to that, but like I didn't I didn't know about that rule and that law, and so I think that you know it goes even back to our South Africa conversation, like who you're willing to stigmatize, mm. right, versus who's stigmatizing you. You know mm. what I mean? Um, and, and, it, and it's just interesting because we, we, we want to denig- denigrate the image of, of black people across the world, um, and, and uplift these white, these white countries and white spaces and places across the world, even though they hate us. <laughs> um, and, and they have, and they still have laws that allow, allow them to hate us and mm. justify them, them hating us. And so, um, that's definitely something that people have to keep on their radar, um, but you know, like we like to do at Broom Black, we try to end things on a positive note. Um, and which is why we're going to get into something called our spotlight, which is when we shine a light on someone or something in the community that is good. We start things off with our light roast and then, then we end on a great, great cool vibe like spotlight. So our spotlight today basically is that Barbados, Barbados, hey. uh, is actually, um, it's becoming a republic or it became a republic and it's where it swore in its first president and it named, you know, re, 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 miss Rihanna, a national hero. And so we want to give a, a big shout out uh, to Barbados um, and to Rihanna uh, who con- who continues uh, to, you know, be a hero on so many uh, different aspects and lanes. So T is there anything that you want to, to say about that? Yeah, I'm just glad Barbados freed themselves um, and they got rid of the monarch. Um, The queen is so far away and she don't care about black people. We've talked about this a few different times. Um, So I I think it's amazing that Barbados uh, is now recognized as a a republic and that Rihanna, you know, our girl repping, repping her home, uh, her home. She's named a a hero in her own right. So I think that it's just phenomenal to see. I'm excited. Uh And I Absolutely. heard that she's not pregnant, so yeah, we can kill the rumors. 
Oh, yeah, kill those things. Kill them things. Keep, keep going, Rihanna. Stay. You don't need no babies babies right now if you don't want, want no ba- babies. You you are killing all by yourself. And I guess with, with ASAP, whatever. But God bless them both. Uh, uh, bro, that was that was good. That was This was a good show. This mm-hmm. was a good show. Uh, they with very international vibe, very, yeah. very, very, yeah, just, just a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything everywhere. So I'm, I'm thankful, um, because there's a lot of craziness going on in the world still. Um, but we're still here. We're still surviving. We're still thriving, man. Yes. So keep rocking with us. We, I enjoyed this thoroughly. I hope y'all did too. I feel like y'all been rocking with us. I've seen a lot of Spotify raps. Um, I, I want to say at least like six people tagged us as their number one podcast. Like we rock with y'all, bro. Like I was emotional. Oh, no. I was like, y'all, y'all fuck with us. What? Hey, hey. Um, so yeah, just know I'm excited. I appreciate it. And uh, I think it shows that like the time that we've been putting into this show. Um, I, Cause I remember the days when me and Scholar P was putting out episodes. We had five listeners. We had six listeners. Now we had like 70, like what? Like that's crazy. So keep rocking with us. We're going to keep doing our best to bring y'all the best show possible. Um, And I'm just thankful. Just thankful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank y'all for rocking with us. And like, and like we are, we always say, we got more stuff coming for y'all. We, you will not be disappointed for rocking with us and continue to rock with us. So stay tuned, man. T take us out, brother. Absolutely. So like we like to say, keep the coffee black. All right, y'all. Stay tuned and keep rocking with us, and we'll catch y'all soon. Peace.